So this morning, we're looking at Corinthians. And Corinthians is an epistle. Now who knows what is the difference between a letter and an epistle? Do any of you know? Say that again? Ooh, it's one longer. That's a great guess, but it's not it. I'm going to admit, I just learned this. An epistle is written to a group of people. So here we have Paul writing to the people at Corinth. If you're writing a letter, you're writing to a single person. So, Sunday school students of mine, yes, between Revelation and Acts, there are letters and some of them are called epistles. I, I just know that somebody's going to come back to me. I've been teaching letters, and they are epistles and letters. So this is an epistle. This epistle is written by Paul, and Paul at this time is in Ephesus. And Ephesus is in what is currently Turkey. Um, but Paul has spent about a year and a half, maybe two years, in Corinth. And Paul has had um, some of the greats, the Christian greats, with him at Corinth. He's had Apollos, and Apollos is kind of known as like the great orator, the smooth speaker. He was very charismatic. He attracted people to him. And then Cephas. You all know Cephas. Did you know you know who Cephas is? Have any of you ever heard of Cephas? Have any of you heard of Simon Peter? Have you ever heard of Peter on which Jesus will build his church? The Aramaic is Cephas. So Simon Peter has been in Corinth, and they've built this church, this congregation. Like all of us, Sometimes things go along swimmingly, and sometimes things do not go along swimmingly because humans are involved. And humans are going to mess it up every time. That's just what we do. It's our thing. And so we have things not going along quite swimmingly in Corinth. The house of Chloe sends the Tattletale Brigade. And I love this right? Now, I, I'm calling them the Tattletale Brigade. That's just me. But I, I have this vision of these people coming from the house of Chloe. Now, we don't know if they're people who work for Chloe. Are they people as part of, that are part of Chloe's family? Or they actually are probably worshipers who worship at Chloe's house. But they come to Ephesus, and they tell Paul, all about what's going on. Now, Paul, being the crafty, wily person that Paul is, Paul doesn't just say, oh, we got to do something about that. Paul decides to write a letter directly to the church in Corinth. And I'm going to take you back in this letter, and I want to share with you how Paul begins. Paul addresses his letter to the church of God in Corinth, 
to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. He writes to the people. He reminds them who they are. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Now, who is Paul writing to? He's writing to the church of God in Corinth. He's also writing to those sanctified in Christ. Those sanctified, meaning living out the faith, right? Those sanctified and called to be God's holy people, together with those everywhere. Who? You. Together with those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus, their Lord and ours, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So here we've got Paul reminding people who they are and pointing out that this message isn't just for the people at Corinth, but for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And then Paul says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Jesus Christ. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and all kinds of knowledge. God thus confirms our testimony about Christ among you. Let me put that in some different words. Because you've been given these gifts, God is confirming all we've taught you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So now you know who you are. You are sanctified. I would say that that Paul was saying you're justified and sanctified. Your sins are forgiven and you are free to live out the kingdom life. Paul is saying it's not just you, it's all people who call on the Lord. You have been given these gifts. And we know in Corinthians, Paul would go on to enumerate spiritual gifts. You've been given these gifts. Now you have a job to do. And then Paul calls them to task. And I love this. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now we're going to keep going back to that because when we talk about being united in mind, you know, or being of the same mind, I don't know about you, but I think that's virtually impossible. In fact, I think that when we as Americans think about being of the same mind, we say, you mean you want me to think just like him? Are you kidding me? No. No, why would we do that? That's ridiculous. We're Americans. We're free thinkers. We're mavericks. We can do our own thing, right? And that's one of our values, is being individuals. We love the customized life. 
we love the customized life. We love the customized life so much that we had a neighbor who was selling HVAC systems and he had just installed this new heat pump at his house and he was very quick to tell us that the outside unit came in customized colors so that it coordinates with your house. Like we're all walking through the neighborhood saying, oh my gosh, did you see that guy's heat pump? Oh, right? Like, have you ever even noticed somebody's heat pump? But now I just want you to know, you can get them in customized colors to match just in case that's, that's a thing you like. But we like this whole thing about things being customized for us. I'm gonna think my own thoughts. I'm gonna be my own person. I'm gonna do my own thing. And yet here is Paul and he's saying, be of like mind in all that you do and say. Be of like mind in all that you do and say. What if we change the context of this? What if we said, when you are out in the world, be of a kindred mind. Look at the person next to you and think, you are my kin, you are my beloved, you, you are mine. How would that change who we are and what we do and what we say? You know, one of the things that really bothers me as a Christian today is I don't want to be that Christian. You know that Christian? That one who talks out of both sides of their mouth? That one that's in the news that's, that's out actively hating in the world? I don't wanna be associated with that Christian. I don't wanna be associated with that Christian. And so sometimes I take my faith and I push it down and I'm very careful to not say out loud in, in general areas that I'm a Jesus follower. I might not pray in public because somebody might think I'm one of those, right? I might not want to even say I go to church or work at a church. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. But for Paul, Paul says, do not be ashamed of Christ. Do not be ashamed. And he reminds us of who we are, that we are justified and sanctified. Now, we have Paul talking to the people at Corinth, and he says, My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. And what I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, and another, I follow Cephas, and still another, I follow Christ. Hmm. They're not out there saying, I'm a Christian. I don't even know if they actually use that word at that point, right? They're not out there saying, I follow Jesus. Right? No, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas. Now we're going to cut them a break for a minute, okay? Because in the ancient world, the Hebrew people, when you followed a rabbi, when you went to study or learn with a rabbi, you followed what they said, followed their teaching and their beliefs, their interpretations. And so you would call that your yoke. You took on their yoke. So if you followed Cephas, you took on the yoke of Cephas. And if you'll remember in Matthew 11, Jesus says, 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The words of Jesus from Matthew. So when Paul calls the people of Corinth out, he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Bam, it's a principal's office moment, right? But he goes on to say, I thank God that I did not baptize any of you, well, except for Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Well, yes, I I also baptized the household of Stephanus. But beyond that, I don't remember. I love that part of Paul. You know, we could say that Paul was just being a little flip. We could say that Paul really couldn't remember. We could say that maybe Paul wrote this to convey the thought that he really didn't care, that it wasn't important, that who Paul baptized, that wasn't important. Thus, who Cephas baptized or Apollos baptized, that's not important because we're all baptized in Christ. Paul says, For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is what I've passed on to you. Paul lays out for the people the gospel. This is what you need to pay attention to, folks. This is what you need to be doing, folks. This is what it's about, folks. It's not about Apollos or Cephas. It's not about me. It's about Jesus and Jesus's act of justification for you. It's around this belief this profession around Christ that Paul calls the Corinthians into unity, into one mind. God so loved the world, God stepped down from the throne to teach us how to love God and how to love one another, how to be kindred, how to be kind, how to love. God put on flesh to become the man Jesus so that we might learn to be a community that thinks with one mind, that sees the world as God sees it, that loves it as God loves it, that behaves as God would have us behave in it. And as a final gift of grace, gathered up all of our sin and took it to the cross so that we might say, you and I are justified and lived sanctified through Christ. For it is not about me, but about the one who lives in and through all of us. Paul says, for the message of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So then what? What do we do now? We go back to verse 10. And even before, remember who you are. Who are you? You are a child of God and a person of worth. You are justified and sanctified through God, and you are equipped with every spiritual gift so that you might go out into this world and be the hands and the feet and the mouth of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, what you say about Christ, what you say about the people in this world, that you, you might have no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in the one saving Christ. Amen.